Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan, our Titans reporter at A to Z Sports.com. Got to thank our sponsors uh, because they make it happen. Uh, we are A to Z Sports, Nashville's on-demand sports talk network that goes live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. And our sponsors do make it happen. Uh, like Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by seeing them in Lebanon or at Wilson County Hyundai. Com, the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, better coverage rates and service at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. The Aura app, keeping you safe online uh, with a our link, aura.com slash ATOZ for a two-week free trial to keep you safe online. And Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with locations in Murfreesboro, Franklin, and in Columbia. Check them out. Their website is KrebsKubota.com. So, Sam, we're talking today about the forgotten piece for the Tennessee Titans that can help them try to surprise the NFL overall. And then we'll talk about the most underrated storyline of the Titans offseason and overrated storyline, overhyped storyline of the Titans offseason as well. Uh, but Sam, in kind of preparation for this conversation, you know, I, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened so far uh, this offseason for the Tennessee Titans, and it all began really uh, in early December after John Robinson was fired as new GM. We already knew even before J-Rob was ousted that this offseason was going to be very fluid and very uh, uh, all over the place. And then Rand Carthon comes in, uh, and so the new direction under new GM, Rand Carthon, there was a mass veteran cutting that happened after the Super Bowl before free agency. And then uh, Carthon signed, you know, six free agents, if you want to call them six veteran free agents. They were typically short-term free agent signings. There were rumors about Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill being on the trade block. There's Kevin Byer drama uh, with some potential trade rumors there and also the pay cut ask and then just potentially flat-out cutting KB. Then that has not happened. And then to cap it all off with the drafting of Will Levis, 33rd overall in the NFL draft, trading up for another quarterback because of the Tannehill Malik Willis situation overall. So a lot of things have happened, Sam, in this offseason. And, uh, you know, the perception we've all we bring it up several times. The perception of the Titans is that they are trying to either rebuild and also reset at the same time, trying to win games, but potentially would put themselves in purgatory by not just choosing. And I'll give, I don't know if we, if you guys heard this or what or what yesterday. Sean Henry, uh, president of the Preds, went on 3HL yesterday and says, "I'm not going to mince words. We are rebuilding." So the Preds come out and say it flat out: "We are rebuilding." The Titans are not saying that whatsoever. Uh, so there's a weird perception about this team around the league. Well, respect to Sean Henry for doing that because rebuild seems to be a bit of a buzzword around professional sports franchises. Not something that you hear a ton of organizations admit and say yeah. uh so yeah i think that's awesome for him uh and for preds fans that you're willing to uh to say that but uh, i agree with you i think the titans there's been all these storylines right all, like all of these things that have kind of been capturing headlines that have been topics of shows that have been conversations amongst fans that have really started to control the perception of who the Titans are in 2023. And while some of them were accurate, uh, I do believe that the perception of the Titans as a whole is still probably a bit skewed. Zach and I were talking yesterday about how and I, I think I mentioned this to you as well last week. I, I believe like the idea of the Titans having two players that are impactful in fantasy football hurts the national perception of them mm -hmm. of being like, oh, they have no weapons, so they must stink. And, and, and I think there's this misconception of how competitive the Titans actually are and how competitive the Titans can actually be. And I do think in a few certain areas – fans and media and everybody has their attention in the wrong place with this team. Everybody kind of likes to talk about the hot topic of a quarterback situation of trade rumors of, you know, a potential rebuild or what the future looks like. And we don't get focused enough on the present and the we the weapons and the assets that are here on both sides of the football. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today is of these storylines that you see on your screen that have really been captivating Titans fans and 
the NFL as a whole, what, what is justified as being a top, a topic of conversation? What do I think is being discussed a little bit too much? And what are we forgetting about this team? What do media and fans seem to easily forget about the Titans uh, that might surprise people once we get into the season and games start, you know, having results to them? Yeah, because the Titans open week one in New Orleans as an underdog. Like the New Orleans Saints weren't very good last year. And Derek Carr is their quarterback. And the Titans, uh, you know, have been an underdog on BetMGM and every other book that I've seen in week one. Now, being on the road goes into that. But still, like the Titans have Tannehill and Derrick Henry back in a defense that's not your – I just find it interesting, right? Well, I, I you didn't see the show I did with Zach yesterday. So yeah. you're completely blind to this. So I'm yeah. just very curious. Where do you think the Titans rank – in the NFL, and like, if you were power ranking the teams right now, one, where would you put them? And two, where would you estimate they are on a national power ranking? Well, I, I did. Uh, you did see cheat? The, I, did I you saw, cheat? I didn't cheat. I just well, saw the graphic. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I, when I was going through and deleting the graphics to, uh, to replace them this morning, I did see that they were 24th in Pro Football Focus's uh, power ranking. I think that's, you know, I think that's not like crazy. Uh, I I do think late teens to 22, uh, 18 to 22 is where I believe they should be. Yeah. We both came in at 18 when we started to weigh the balance. So, uh, I mean, this is why we have the conversation though. Andre says we're an incomplete team, Sam. And uh, Andre, I I agree with you uh, in a lot of ways. I think the Titans are incomplete in certain areas. Uh, And so for those reasons, some of these conversations are justified and some of these conversations have a lot of validity to them um, and are topics that should surround this team. But I think we're missing some things here and there and potentially blowing some things out of proportion. So that's what we're talking about is what is valid, what is not valid. um, And where is that fine line in the middle to acknowledge, Hey, the Titans might be incomplete, but what are we missing? Yeah. All right. So we've got Sam's forgotten piece. I am curious about where Sam's going to go. I'm in the dark. I have no idea what Sam's forgotten piece is going to be. Uh, so we'll get to that here in a second. But first, let me tell you guys all about Farm Bureau Health Plans. They can help you guys out, whether whatever your situation may be, with your health coverage, health, dental, vision, Farm Bureau Health Plans at fbhp.com slash ATOZ is the link to hit, hit up with. They've been serving uh, Tennesseans across the entire state for now over 75 years. It's so easy to work with them. FBHP.com slash ATOZ is the link to go to to check them out there to get your coverage started, your path to saving some money and getting better coverage uh, for your health, dental, and visions uh, with Farm Bureau Health Plan. Zach's been doing this now for a year and a half. Uh, crazy enough, a year and a half that Zach has saved 20% with his health coverage because of Farm Bureau Health Plans. And again, uh, whatever your situation may be, growing family, large family, maybe you're a little more mature and you're trying to figure out that that more expensive stage of your health coverage, Farm Bureau Health Plans does great with that. Maybe you're like Sam and maybe you're entering adulthood and trying to figure out what to do with your health coverage uh, after college graduation as you become a pro uh, in anything. Uh, but Farm Bureau Health Plans is there for you, fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, you can get up to $1,000 back in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win with BetMGM. I used BetMGM at Nashville Super Speedway on Sunday, and I won on Ross Chastain's victory, heading to victory lane, so I was very pumped up about that, uh, watching the race live. Now I've got some money sitting in the BetMGM account that I'm looking to uh, maybe put some MLB plays out there over the next few weeks here. So there are still sports going on just because the NFL and NBA have wrapped up. And if you're going to get involved with sports betting, do it on BetMGM up to $1,000 back with that bonus code ATOZ Sports in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win. All right, A to Z Sports here live on this Tuesday. We're going through uh, the forgotten piece for the Tennessee Titans as uh, we're going to dive into the underrated and overhyped storylines for the offseason. But Sam, what is your forgotten piece for the Tennessee Titans as you know they try to 
surprise the NFL this this upcoming season where the Titans want to compete for a division title, but the NFL across the board is not expecting that. So what is the Titans forgotten piece? Yeah, so we talk about all of these things. We talk about the free agent additions and Arden Key and uh, Andre Dillard and Aziz Alshire and Sean Murphy bunting and what they could potentially bring if they're healthy and plugging in to this Titans team. We talk about the draft pick of Will Levis and what the future looks like with him or what Tajay Spears looks like in the Titans offense and all of these additions that Titans fans would like to believe will make this team more competitive in 2023 than they were last year. And somehow both within the fan base and national media feel like we're forgetting about this guy. Harold Landry had 12 sacks, 75 tackles, 22 QB hits, 14 tackles for loss, made the Pro Bowl and played all 17 games in 2021 before tearing his ACL, going into last season, missed the whole year. And I get it with the ACL. Sometimes coming back, there's some reservations about what level you can potentially be at. But because he wasn't there at OTAs and minicamp, and we haven't really heard him speak yet, I think Titans fans and the football world is forgetting about Harold Landry. I think this is the forgotten piece of this Titans team where when we start talking about where are the Titans compared to where they were last year going into this season and why they could be more or less competitive – we need to start talking about the Pro Bowl edge rusher, the Pro Bowl outside linebacker that they're adding back into their defense this year. This is such a big, massive player in this defense that we're getting back. Like, like we're going to be able to watch play football again. So the Titans getting Harold Landry back is such an underrated storyline to me. And he is the missing piece of this team that people aren't thinking about. I I agree that everybody or not everybody. I agree that the majority of conversations have forgotten Harold Landry and how good he was in 2021. But I, you know, for me, I am trying to remove myself from high expectations in the first year after after an ACL. I, I don't I don't like doing that. I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm no, just saying, yeah, you. I don't think you have to have high expectations for Harold Landry to come back and have another double digit sack season for the Titans. Like I I do think, I mean, would that be excellent? Yeah. Do I think he's capable of that? Absolutely. Because you know, the track record is there, but I, I, I do agree with you setting that expectation for a guy returning from ACL in this first season might be a bit of an unrealistic expectation, but even if Harold Landry is a, a shell of, what he was in 2021 and half as productive out there. I mean, I still think he's better than Demarcus Walker was last season. I still and, De- think- and Demarcus Walker, like, the, the, well, here's the thing is the Titans had to piece together a lot of their pass rush without Harold Landry. There was a comment that I saw, see if I can scroll back up uh, because uh, they were, they were dead on asking me a question about it. it was asking me if I, if I do think the Titans will finally monitor his snap count. Uh, because of the ACL, because that was the conversation about Harold Landry for his entire career was Shane Bowen. I mean, there's countless times that Shane Bowen has been quoted at a podium saying, yeah, you know, we got to make sure uh, that we monitor Harold's snap count. He's not out there 93% of the snaps uh, and, you know, getting worn out. And so now that he's coming off an ACL, what is the Titans depth behind him and how can they piece together the pass rush with Harold Landry not being, I don't think it's fair for Harold Landry to play 90% uh, of the snaps like he did for the first several years of his career. So the Titans will still have to piece together the edge rush with Arden Key, who is also a first-time full-time starter uh, in, in his career. And then who else? Like, still, like, there's no Bud who was a part-time player. Uh, Danico Autry is a versatile inside-outside type guy but he's 33 years old 34 years old one of the older guys on the roster um you know i still don't know rashad weaver is i think at his best needs to be a part-time player so you're still having a group of 
of volume guys that have to kind of put together the full I think, picture. I think you upgraded though. I mean, I think Arden Key should be better than Bud Dupree was last season. Especially more available. In, in more available and I mean better. I mean, Bud injured playing was not as productive as we know Bud Dupree is capable of being on the field, but you know, that's kind of where he's at at this point in his career. And early indications from summer practices are that Arden Key is, you know, impressing. And the Titans are very thrilled yeah. with the impact he has on that room and the energy. And, you know, Devin points out, yeah, Demarcus Walker had seven sacks last season. Yes, I, I felt like, I don't know, uh, maybe this is taboo to say, but uh, I don't believe Demarcus Walker's seven sacks were an accurate reflection of his win rate and his success on the line. I think he benefited a lot from Jeff and Danico chasing guys into his lap a little bit. Yeah, uh, but you, I mean, you, yes, I, I I agree, but he was also there <laughs> to clean it up, right? Sure. And that's yeah, I just, and I, I, I think like a lot of his sacks were kind of like. But yeah, that's I mean, what a pass rush has to be, and like I hate the analogy, but the, a pass rush needs to be a fishing net, right? Like that's how that's how you have to do it. Of you know the four or five guys that are going after the quarterback have to be a net to capture the quarterback. And so if Jeff or, or Autry or whoever is forcing the quarterback into that other defender, the other defender has to be there. And, no, and Demarcus yeah. Walker was there. I don't want that to be a knock on Demarcus yeah. Walker too much. Like I liked him. He was a great guy to talk to in the locker room. Uh, you know, happy he's over with my bears. Now I'm not complaining about that uh, at all, but I do think, it's not unrealistic to expect Harold Landry to be a better player this season than DeMarcus yeah. Walker was for the Titans last season. You still have Rashad Weaver over there. You brought in Arden Key. Like, uh, I'm just surprised at how little we've heard about how impactful this might be. For I mean, I'll remind you, Austin, there was a stretch of games in the middle of last season that the Titans' pass rush was non-existent. Mm -hmm. Like, we're sitting back there being like, somebody, anybody – get after the quarterback. Uh, I believe, like, I remember thinking that during the, the Broncos game with, with Russell Wilson, it felt like he had all day to throw back there and still didn't take advantage. But, like, I, the Titans' bread and butter on defense, when they've been an elite defense, when they've won games and been one of the better teams in the AFC, has been when their front four gets after the QB, causes opposing offenses to speed up, that helps out their secondary. It makes everything click. So Harold Landry could be an X factor to this team's success this year because he could be one of the pieces that makes this defense go from good to elite. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm just surprised we're not talking more about what the expectations for Harold should be and where the Titans could be if Harold is good. Yeah, look, I, I, I just think we have to see him first, right? Like, we have not seen number 58 out at all, like, with anybody's eyes. Like, we haven't laid eyes on him yeah. the entire offseason. And so we'll have to kind of see what he looks like. I would guess that when he's at training camp, you know, training camp starts, I want to say, Harold Torres ACL. I don't know why I remember this. August 30th. August 30th, that I feel like, is that ACL tear. It was a very interesting day. Sam, you would probably remember this. It was a day that the practice was closed to the media because it was after the preseason had wrapped, after roster cuts had happened, I believe, and practice was closed to the media. You guys, as media, talked to Mike Vrabel, who was in, like, the worst mood ever, right? He was and happy. He, it, was, it was weird, it was right? It was Wednesday. Yep, and, and you guys, and I remember talking to you afterwards, and, like, yeah, he was kind of strange. Like, I don't even know what's something. And then the next day, or a few hours after that, Harold Landry tears his ACL, goes on IR. I'm like, ah, that's it, right? And so – Mike knew um, what happened during practice a couple hours before. Exactly. Um, and couldn't talk about it. Right. So, we'll have to see. But training camp starts. It'll be 11 months from that injury occurring, and so we'll see where Harold Landry's at. 11 months is enough time for the most part, for a player with that injury to be back on the practice field to an extent. So we'll kind of see what that is. Harold Landry is also not a social media guy. He's on Instagram. I know that because he watches a lot of our IG stories, and I see that data. <laughs> but he's also not somebody who's posting workout videos ever on his Instagram story like a lot of players do uh, these days. So, Sam, your forgotten piece is Harold Landry. I think that's a good one. 
So let's ask the question and open everything, open up everything else uh, to the audience today. What's the most underrated storyline of the Titans offseason? You guys can take this a bunch of different directions. What is the most underrated storyline of the Titans offseason? Because you know, here are the, the top storylines that have been discussed this entire offseason, the last six plus months. New direction under Iran, mass veteran cuts, short-term free agents, Henry and Tannehill trade rumors, Kevin Byer drama, and the Will Levis draft pick. That is probably the top six storylines uh, for the Tennessee Titans this offseason. So what is the most underrated storyline for the Titans this offseason? But first, let me tell you guys about our friends at Krebs Kubota. They are a elite Kubota dealer uh, in Middle Tennessee with three locations, and they've been serving Middle Tennesseans for 18-plus years in Franklin, Columbia, and in Murfreesboro. KrebsKubota.com is their website. Kubota is important. It's the best equipment in the entire industry. And having an elite Kubota dealer like Krebs means you have access to the best warranties in the equipment industry with the Kubota line. And they've got uh, everything you need, big or small uh, projects around your property. Kubota's got it. And Krebs delivers the customer satisfaction and the relationship side of what this is about. Because if you're using any type of equipment like this on the planet Earth on your property, Things are going to break. Things are going to go wrong. You have to know who can help you out because you're using a lot of power and a lot of force uh, right there with your equipment. So Krebs Kubota is where to go. Once again, an elite Kubota dealer serving Middle Tennessee for over 18 years with three great locations in Murfreesboro, Columbia, and in Franklin online, KrebsKubota.com. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sports books. You can make every game and every play mean more with BetMGM when you use the bonus code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. The best way to do sports betting is when the risk is free. That's what you can get with BetMGM. Use that bonus code ATOZ Sports and place your first wager. And even if you lose, you don't because you get your money back in the form of a bonus bet and get another chance at things. So that's why we love BetMGM. It's why they're the king of sports books. Visit BetMGM.com and the BetMGM app. All right, A to Z Sports here live on a Tuesday. We're asking now, what's the most underrated storyline of the Titans offseason? Later on in the show, we'll talk about overhyped storyline. Uh, but Sam, I'll send you to the chat because there's a lot of good conversations and there's storylines that I completely forgot about that are being mentioned in the Ooh. chat on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. So you guys on top of it uh, this morning. So Sam, I'll send you to the chat to see uh, what the people are talking about. Dave thinks it is the kicker, the kicker battle for the Titans right now. Andre says it's Vrabel's stubbornness. Steven says Will Levis still has not signed uh, his rookie contract yet. So, so the Titans oh, still have not agreed. To that play. is interesting. Now yeah. they have a month to do it, right? You know, they don't, he doesn't have to sign until July 25th. That's yeah. kind of the deadline. That's when they were supposed to report for training camp. So they got a month to do it, but that is interesting there, Steven. Continue, uh, getting Harold Landry back and adding Arden Key to an already strong pass rush, says Balthazar. Uh, drafting a guard so high, says Ed. Believes Skaronsky's our guard. He is working at left guard right now. Harold Landry's return from Uri. Amar says Tannehill having a comeback season after last year. Uh, let's see. Steven says Rand's plan to get us through the storm. J-Rob left us. Uh, Scary Harry says ditching Todd Downing. Grim Jim says it's the kicker. So does Bork. Uh, Davidson says, can Charles London and Tim Kelly turn this offense around? Uh, Nick also on kicker. Mr. Jones says it's Malik outperforming Levis. Uh, Brooks says the defensive additions have gone a bit quiet. Uh, no one is talking about the new Tim Kelly offense, a new offensive coordinator with a new game plan. Uh, Tannehill having to play for his job and earning an extension with an actual play caller, the offensive scheme. Uh, we're not going to run, run, pass, punt. Clearly, they've seen analytics on first downs. If we know, they have to know. Well, they didn't change anything, and they knew last year. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully, hmm. Devin. Uh, Kevin Jones says Ben Jones was released. Uh, he's underrated if he's healthy with all the new linemen. Uh, let's see. Um, has to be the health concerns. The elephant still has not left the room. We've got a, some good stuff here. We've got Hopkins, Kyle Phillips progress. Yeah, we also are saying the underrated. Underrated. DeAndre Hopkins cannot be an underrated storyline when he's capturing every Titans headline <laughs> right now. Which ones on here were you 
Like, did you notice that there was yeah, one? Yeah. There was one that I was like, oh my God, I completely forgot about that. And it is, it is very underrated. I don't know how big of a deal it would be, but it's definitely something to keep in mind. And Jody brings us up on Facebook, Jim Schwartz being gone, huge loss, turned the third uh, worst third down defense into a great all around defense. So that, that is, that is something Jim Schwartz is no longer a senior defensive analyst for the Tennessee Titans or whatever the hell his official title was to help out Shane Bowen. But we do know that when Shane Bowen was in his first year as a defensive play caller in 2020, the Tennessee Titans were historically bad on third downs. And now he did not have the defensive coordinator nameplate on his office. He was still the outside linebackers coach and called plays. That was part of the problem. But at the same time that Shane Bowen got full power as D coordinator, Jim Schwartz entered as a massive help for Shane Bowen to do that. And the Titans defense the last two seasons has been so much more improved than where they were in 2020. And now Jim Schwartz is gone. He got himself another D coordinator job. Uh, Mike Vrabel mentioned that he was also going through some medical and health situations. So he was not able to put in the amount of effort that it takes to be an actual coordinator, which is why he was in the role that he was. And so it's just something to monitor. And Jody, I like it, but that's not my, not my answer. I think underrated is always an interesting word to use in a, in a conversation like this because it always depends on what your rated level is on the situation. Yeah, and I think I I do think the change of offensive coordinator is a very notable move, and it is something that a lot of people are talking about. But I do think it is still for me the most underrated storyline because really? of how bad Todd Downing was. And if Todd Downing is that bad, and if Tim Kelly is middle of the road, that is a massive difference. Massive difference. And Sam, you're a part, obviously, as our Titans reporter. Our Titans article chat message group the last several days, I don't know if you've noticed this because nothing new has happened in six months in the NFL, right? On the field. But how many times have we seen new threads, Warren Sharp stats, other people dropping in analytics of the Titans offense? And what was the number from yesterday? That I, I think you wrote the article 20, yesterday. I believe it was 22% of drives in the second half with the Titans. The Titans scored on 22% of their drives when trailing in the second half last season. That was the worst mark in the NFL. Yeah, so, and then the the week before, Warren Sharp also had and had the quote that Todd Downing felt like a double agent while he was ruining the Tides' offense. So, like, that's why I still think that that's the most underrated storyline. Can I just say, by the way? What? Hard knocks, NFL probably i think gonna force the jets to do it that okay. will be that will be electric watching todd downing and keith carter on my television screen uh, for hard knocks seven. i haven't watched hard knocks in a few years Maybe oh i, I love to get hard back knocks, to it just out of spite so look uh, like todd downing nice guy we've been over this i don't have any hopes for his career failing moving forward i just think that todd downing might be a really good football coach but we know now with the Raiders and the Titans, he is a flat-out awful, objectively bad play caller. And it doesn't have anything to do with the scheme. It's like the scheme might have been fine. We know because of what Greg Cosell said about pass game concepts after the Bengals loss and everything there that I've been uh, blowing up for a year and a half now, the pass game concepts were, were middle school to high school, right? They could have been a lot more developed and a lot better but I think the play calling feel, the rhythm, the lack of natural ability that that Todd Downing did not have is what ruined this team the last couple of years in some major spots. Now, they were good in the red zone in scoring. That's because they have Derrick Henry, right? When you've got when you know that you're really close from, you know, if you're trying to demolition a house and you're like, man, we're almost there. All we need is like this big thing to blow it up. Oh, Derrick Henry, boom, house is flat. So that's why they were good at scoring in the red zone. But when you look at the double agent comments, all the running into nine men boxes on early downs and lack of early down success to put you in a historically 
high volume of third and longs. Now your quarterback's getting sacked and now your quarterback's hurt and now you're losing seven in a row. All of these things go together where if Tim Kelly is average, if Tim Kelly is middle of the road as a play caller, the Tennessee Titans are way better, way better as an offense as a whole compared to where they were the last couple of years. So that's why, you know, it's my underrated because I think it's going to have that big of an impact. Yeah, it's interesting because I never would have thought of that as an underrated topic or storyline whatsoever. I mean, I feel like this is one of the main two or three Titans topics heading into this season that like everybody's talking about. Sorry to cut you off. You know why I think it's underrated? And I didn't do this intentionally because me and you came up with a list. You know what? We forgot. We didn't put Tim Kelly on there. We didn't put him on there. Like that, that's kind of what I'm saying. Here's six, right? And me, I was not doing this on purpose. It didn't even click to me until I was about to answer the question with Tim Kelly. And I was like, oh my God, we forgot. Is that there are six here. And these six are very talked about. But Tim Kelly, seventh. And I think Tim Kelly is going to have a bigger difference than Will Levis. I think the Kevin Byard stuff is over. I think the mass veteran cuts were going to be made, whether John Robinson was the GM or Rand Carthon or, or, or Ryan Cowden, whoever, those guys were going to get cut. And so I think Tim Kelly is pretty high. If we're going to say which of these, if these six plus Tim Kelly, which of those seven are going to have the biggest impact this upcoming season. And I think, I think Tim Kelly's pretty high up in that ranking of seven. Yeah. I, I mean, what he does will be more impactful than a lot of the players on the roster. His actions are going to be, like I said, I, I never would have thought of it that way or categorized it that way because of how many people I feel like are talking about it and how this is a main story. I, I think Todd Downing was such a big storyline last season that it's hard for me to view moving on from Todd Downing is underrated but uh, yeah, I think you explained it and, and justified it pretty well here of like, this might have a bigger impact than anybody's really able to quantify or account for right now. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to understand just how bad Todd Downing was until you see somebody else do it. And so that's what we're going to get a sense for pretty early on in the season was, you know, because I mean, there were times that I had to look at and say, I don't know if we can blame Todd Downing for this one at all because uh, he's got no receivers. He's got no offensive line. And how much can you really draw up or scheme up? And maybe that was right. Maybe that was wrong. We're kind of going to find out here with Tim Kelly early on how creative and how, how much good play calling can change the complexion of an offense despite the roster and personnel that are in it. Yeah. And so I, I don't want this to continue to be a dump on downing situation here on a, you know, June 27th. Uh, it, you know, it's been a long time since he was fired. Right, Sam. But I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. There were times last year, like, yeah, that there's nothing Todd Downing can do uh, in situations like that. When Dennis Daly is getting beaten 0.3 seconds and, and Tannehill or whoever the quarterback is down, uh, you know, the routes haven't developed, but you know, there is a, you know, a figure it out like the big cat gif of, you know, figure it out, oh, yeah. do something and all of that, right? And and I, part of me kind of feels like at some point during the seven-game losing streak, at some point there was a Mike Vrabel white flag of Todd Downing's gone after the year, and there's nothing we can do right here. So let's just you know get 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 the hell out of here, you know, and get the hell out of this season, be done with it. And I think part of me was validated with that thought when I saw the lightness of Mike Vrabel at the season in the press conference where his shoulders felt like three inches higher because the weight of the, of the year was done and he fired downing like eight hours after that presser or maybe not even that long. So again, that, that was mine, Sam. Is, so is your, is your underrated storyline? Is it the forgotten piece in Harold Landry? Or did you have something else too? I, I do think it's Harold Landry as my, as my forgot, like my, underrated storyline I think deserves more buzz I I think there were some good suggestions in the chat though like uh, a couple people brought up kicker uh, which I also believe Randy Bullock's I don't want to say incompetence but his limitations his yeah his limitations I think were an underrated weakness of the Titans over the last few years in terms of his range Uh, I I did a couple articles and, and did some research on I believe the number was 11 times this past season. The Titans punted 
with the ball in opponent opposing territory. And it, that kind of shows you um, the difference between the Titans and these teams that have Matt Gay, Justin Tucker, like type of legs, you know, kicking for them. So his, his limitations were a big storyline. If the Titans have a good one that has some better range, how might that help their offense, especially late in games uh, and, and, you know, help Ryan Tannehill have to do less to, to score. So I think that's a big storyline. Chris is all about the no wide receivers, but I, I mean, I think that is the number one discussed uh, storyline. And then this is interesting to me too, from Kayla. She asked a question about Jason Hoteling, the uh, new offensive line coach, because the offensive line I think is heavily discussed in the personnel, but the coaching has not been. And, and so to answer this question, she says, Austin or Sam, what are your thoughts on the new O-line coach? Seems like a pretty big letdown hire to me. What do you know about him? I, I agree that, you know, it, it being an internal move was probably a bit underwhelming for Titans fans when they saw how bad the offensive line was. It's really hard to tell the impact that he's having until some pads come on, until you start to see uh, some of the technique and how good the offensive line is performing. What I will say about, uh, I believe they're calling him Haas, I believe, or Hoff or something like, I don't know. I don't know, because Haas was the equipment manager who they did not renew the contract. So there is no other Haas. There's one Haas for the Titans, and they got rid of him, uh, which I I think. I forgot what the nickname is in the room. I just call him by his name. But but what I do know about uh, hoteling right now is that the players love him, uh, and that's a big change of pace from Keith Carter. The the vibe that every Titans player, it started with Taylor Luan. Yep, a few years ago. few years ago and then like with some beef there after he gets cut he goes on busting with the boys he's a little bit more loosey-goosey with uh, some of the information around the team and his feelings towards the organization and I remember Taylor saying oh Keith wow glad he landed on his feet somewhere but there seemed to be a lot of animosity from Taylor to Keith and that has been kind of repeated by Aaron Brewer That's kind of been repeated by everybody on this Titans O-line that we've spoken to about how, yeah, it was Keith's way or the highway. He didn't really let any player have their say, not a player's coach, not very well-liked or respected. Guys are kind of refreshed to see him gone, and every vibe I've gotten about hoteling so far is that that is not the case, is that he is very collaborative. The vibe has shifted in this O-line room, so – Hopefully that's good for something, but that's the early indication I've gotten. Well, and my answer to Kayla's question is literally addition by subtraction. Yeah. Right. As simple as that. I do think Keith Carter was, I don't want to necessarily say he was a bad offensive line coach. He was not the right fit for the personalities they had in that room over the last few years. And I think some of the struggles and the injuries that hit them really started to wear thin on these guys uh, with his abrasive coaching style and that being gone is a positive. So hopefully that has an impact. I mean, we'll find out, right. We'll see. It's also a new group. So Uh, real quick, uh, um, Kayla Gillenwater. I want to ask, is this Matthew or is this Kayla? Because I don't know if there's many Gillenwaters walking around that are Titans fans, but just curious about that, who that might be. All right, Sam, let's go ahead and flip uh, to the other side of this. What's the most overhyped storyline of the Titans offseason? What's the most overhyped storyline of the Titans offseason? Uh, but first, let me tell you about something that's not overhyped whatsoever. That is the Aura app. Because I signed up with the Aura app back in mid-April. They found 30 data brokers had my information. And I was getting spam calls out the wazoo. I was getting so much, so many junk emails to lists that I had no idea what they were. I'm like, I didn't do this. I didn't subscribe to this. And then I feel like sometimes you unsubscribe from those lists and then you get like 12 more. And so what I did with Aura is I signed up and I used our link, aura.com slash ATOZ, and you get a two-week free trial with aura.com slash ATOZ to keep you safe online. Because it's more than just getting the data brokers and spammers out of your life. Uh, there's also VPN, password manager. How many times you sit there and think, ah, crap, I, I, I can't remember this password. What version did I use for this? Because uh, I've only got one more temp left before I'm locked out. 
or help you out with that as well. Uh, and then also credit identity theft monitoring plus many, many more options there with Aura. So use our link, aura.com slash ATOZ for a two-week free trial. At the very least, you get rid of the data brokers with aura.com slash ATOZ within those two weeks. Uh, at the very, very least, and that's a win for everybody, aura.com slash ATOZ. Today's show powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Whatever that wager is, if it's $50 wager, $100 wager, up to $1,000, you get it back in the form of a bonus bet if you lose your first bet. That's why you got to use that code ATOZ Sports and why you have to get with BetMGM. They're the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com. All right, Sam. So asking the question now, what is the most overhyped? storyline of the Titans offseason most overhyped storyline of the Titans offseason uh let's see Nick says A to Z discussing first round quarterback picks almost daily and Tannehill being gone for 20 for 2023 so this is a, Nick taking a shot at us because I don't think look overhyped like it that that felt like it was going to happen if the Texans didn't go CJ Stroud at number two so I don't think that's overhyped I just think that it, it was what it was, and the Titans were seriously considering moving up to three with the Cardinals to take C.J. Stroud if C.J. Stroud was there. And he wasn't there, so it didn't happen. So I don't necessarily think that's overhyped. I just think it was a, that was a big-time storyline leading up to the draft. Yeah, I, I think I you know pre-draft conversations are always fair in my eyes because you don't know how the board's going to shake out. And you know as things get closer, you start to get a better feel for where – people are going to fall. Uh, and, and, you know, there was still the possibility of the Texans not going quarterback of the Texans going with a different quarterback of unknowns about where the Colts were going to go with their pick. If they were going to take Will Levis or Anthony Richardson and you know what one of those guys falling would mean for the Titans at, you know, 11, if they would move up, there was a lot of unknowns that surrounded the draft and you know, any executive, any general manager, any, uh, you know, head coach would tell you that a lot of the draft is undecided until draft night, because you have to see how the board falls uh, and decisions are made based on their pre-draft preparation. And I do believe the Titans had contingency plans that involved taking a quarterback in the first round, depending on how the ball, how the, the board fell to them. It fell in a way that they got a blue chip guy in Peter Skaronsky. They feel really good about, and then were able to get a quarterback that they also have confidence in, in the second round and tried trading back into the first round four. So uh, yeah, very fair to discuss first round quarterback options, because guess what? One of those four quarterbacks is a Titan right now. He went in the second round, but he's still a Titan, which lets you know they were at least thinking about it and prioritizing it. Yeah, no doubt. And and they did trade with the Arizona Cardinals for a quarterback. <laughs> it just was in the second round. Uh, so I, I, yeah. So Sam, did you see any other uh, comments that we thought was a, a good for a good answer for overhyped here from the audience? This is an interesting one. I mean, Wright says Chig, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, you huh. might be the only Titans fan that's saying that Chig is overhyped, uh, potentially going against the grain here. I, I don't, necessarily hate it we might have to temper our expectations for chig uh, a little bit orlando said landry being a hundred percent kind of maybe uh taking a throwing it back at me a little bit for being all on the harold landry train saying he's not a hundred percent we need to you know slow our roll on that jody says the jaguars which i think is is really good yuri says the d hop stuff i think the d hop stuff is about a 50 50 right now and as zach and i were talking about on the show yesterday, I think it's a big deal. Like you could argue to me that DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Titans is an underrated storyline. And I would agree with, I, I think I could agree with you. You would buy that. You would buy that sales pitch. I think it's a big enough deal. Like it's similar to the downing thing for you where it's, I know it's so prevalent and everybody's talking about it. But I think the impact DeAndre Hopkins would have on the Titans offense this year is so big that, like, Zach and I both discussed it. We had him at 18 in the power rankings. We both believe with Hopkins they're the favorite in the AFC South. I agree. Like, I, I, I yeah. that, like, it's that big of a jump from well, uh, maybe seven wins to eight wins to 
they should win this division with DeAndre Hopkins. So, you know, I, I don't know if they would be a betting favorite. I, you know, so I, I think the Titans would be fairly even in my mind, but I, I still think the books would have the Jags as a favorite. Yeah. But anyway. uh, I saw a lot of comments about Will Levis. Um, so here's my overhyped storyline. Um, it does have something to do with Will Levis. It is just a blanket statement of the quarterback competition as a whole for the Titans, I think is being blown way out of proportion. I do think there are some elements to competition specifically between Malik Willis and Will Levis as the backup for this season. Mm -hmm. But under no circumstances do I think Ryan Tannehill will get uh, leaped by one of these two guys. I think as long as the Titans are trying to compete, Ryan Tannehill is the starter. You and I went over the situation maybe a month or two ago, uh, looking at the schedule of mm-hmm. where are the Titans at week 11, week 12. Yeah, the and they might, point, right? right, they might have a difficult decision to make at one point where it says, all right, let's get the experience and start like, you know, punting on the season. But Ryan Tannehill is the starter. And if you're hearing these reports, it's the same few accounts that keep spreading misinformation all over Twitter. They take little nuggets of some, they, they take your tweet, Austin, about, hey, Will Levis struggled a little bit today. Yeah. It was a little inaccurate. And they say, super underwhelming, terrible day from Will Levis, really inaccurate. I saw an article the other day. It said he got demoted to third string and how this is super concerning. Like, it's all crap. It is. It's all crap. The Titans quarterback situation is today what it was when they drafted Will Levis. Ryan Tannehill is the starter. Malik Willis is slated to be the backup, mainly because of his seniority over Will Levis and his experience. And you have to at least have NFL experience and give coaches some confidence in you before you're prepared to be the backup in case of emergency. And I still think Will Levis is the future, at least to the Titans right now. They drafted Will Levis and invested in him the way they did because they believe he's their future answer. Could that change over the course of the season if Will is extremely underwhelming and Malik takes big big steps forward and proves to be a better option? Yes, I think that's a possibility. But this thing has not wavered from where we were on draft night. Ryan Tannehill is the starter. There is no quarterback competition to be the starting quarterback I don't care what Malik Willis or Will Levis do in the preseason. They're not playing week one. They're not applying pressure. Ryan Tannehill's the starter. End of story. So that is an overhyped storyline. I think local media and fans are doing a good job of being pretty aware of this. But nationally, I read an article yesterday, Austin, that said – quarterback battles around the NFL are the most overhyped storyline. And it said, Bryce Young's going to start. CJ Stroud's going to start. Anthony Richardson might not start week one, but he probably will very shortly after. These are not buzzworthy. And then it's like, but the situation might be a little different with Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis because Tannehill's in the last year of his contract. It's not. Ryan Tannehill's the starter. Get used to it. Yeah. And the pivot point, I don't know if we can – we got our, our schedule here. Uh, the pivot point, I think, is probably after uh, that week 11 game against the Jags. Is you, you have an opportunity after the bye week of Falcons, Steelers, Bucks, Jags to climb out of a tough potential start. Because the first six weeks, you've got legitimate teams. Chargers, Browns, Bengals, Division, Ravens, right? You've got a lot of playoff-worthy teams there and then with the Colts on the road then you have an opportunity to potentially climb out of a slower start uh, with uh, the Jags in week 11. And then where are you? Because now it's like, okay, do you want to use, you know, Tannehill, pull him to allow Levis or Willis, whoever to have opportunity in the last seven games of the year to get valuable time. So that is the pivot point is after week 11, where are the Titans then? Are they in striking distance of a divisional or wildcard playoff spot? Or are they looking for the future? And that's the spot to look at it. Uh, and there. 
I've seen some people say like, oh, well, Mike Vrabel doesn't punt on seasons, which is true. But I mean, you have to like, I don't know where they are, but I mean, if you're three and seven going into week 12, you can't really justify not playing the younger QBs for an easier road. Like you don't want to send Will Levis or Malik Willis out there to get in-game experience against some of these dominant NFL defenses, but uh, some against some of the the easier schedules, I think, uh, you know, you can do it. And and MB, just to clarify, asks, are you directing that at fans or national media? Like I said, it's mostly the national media slash external NFL fans outlook. Uh, Like I hear people from Chicago, from my hometown that will hit me up and be like, Hey, I've I've heard uh, Ryan, like so-and-so might be challenging Tannehill for the, like, whatever. It seems to be a common practice of people not plugged into this team. So it's, it's anybody that believes that there is a chance Ryan Tannehill loses a quarterback battle early on in this season. That is not the case. The battle has already happened and been won through Tannehill's track record. If you're a fan that believes that, then it's directed at you as well. So. Yeah, I agree. My, uh, my overhype storyline is, you know, I just kind of struggle with this. I think it's the Derrick Henry trade rumors. I, I just, I felt, I always felt like Rand Carthon would be putting himself in such a bad situation if he moved Derrick Henry because of what the fan base feels and their attachment to Derrick Henry. And so I never thought it was actually going to come to fruition. He kind of did the same thing with the Kevin Byard stuff, but I I do feel like the Kevin Byard situation, at least from a football perspective, there might be more suitors for Byard in a trade than Henry. And I just don't think that Rand Carthon could have, could have really gotten beyond a Derrick Henry trade from like an approval rating standpoint. And especially, so I, especially given the, the return, right? Yeah. I mean, we kind of agreed value wise, Derrick Henry wasn't getting you much more than a fourth round pick given his salary, given his age, given today's NFL and the value placed on running backs. And so, yeah, I mean, that was part of like the, the thing, right. It was like, does it make sense football? I never really felt like it did because the juice isn't worth the squeeze for a fourth round pick for all the bad PR the Titans. Yeah, you got to have butts and seats. Uh, and so real quick, Kane has a super chat says all the high, all the Levis hype you Sam gave per draft post draft and the throwing dimes quote was all BS. Cause if he doesn't hit the smoke is coming. Like I, I think Kane, you know, I don't, I don't know little- exactly what he's referring to. I mean, I, I think the, I am still was, intrigued and higher on will intrigued by and higher on will levis than most i did not love uh him getting picked early where the titans got him i thought was exceptional value and a great draft pick because i believe the prospect will levis has a lot of really really fun upside that i've seen in person now at rookie mini camp and, and at times shine there are some obvious flaws that Will needs to work through and that the Titans need to work through with him. But you'll remember, Kane, leading up to the draft, I told Austin on this show, even if the Titans draft C.J. Stroud, I think Ryan Tannehill's the starter. Like, I, I have felt like Ryan Tannehill was the Titans' plan at quarterback for a very long time throughout this offseason. So Will Levis not being your week one starter is not a knock on Will Levis. It's just what the Titans always wanted to do was have a guy who can sit and develop for a year. All right, A to Z Sports, you're live on the show. Time to get to our Tuesday sports trivia. But Sam, first tell everybody about our friends at the Bone and Joint Institute. The Bone and Joint Institute is the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care at boneandjointtn.org. Whenever you get hurt in life, You have to know who to trust, and you can trust the Bone and Joint Institute. They're out in Franklin uh, with a state-of-the-art rehab facility to assist you in the recovery of any injury, and they have a great campus that's all under one roof. So rehab, 
imaging, surgery, clinic, testing. It's all in the same spot. You don't have to worry about driving all over Middle Tennessee, going to this appointment, to that appointment. You just go out to Franklin, to the Bona Joint Institute, and see them, and they've got you taken care of. Uh, they are uh, as good as it gets, just absolute excellent treatment. I, I've mentioned before about Mike Keith and everybody that I see walking around, getting, and I ask them, oh, where'd, where'd you uh, get your stuff done at? They say, a Bone and Joint Institute, because they're that reliable. That I mean, everybody goes there because they're that good. So boneandjointtn.org, go visit our friends over at the Bone and Joint Institute. The BetMGM app is where you need to go as well for all of your sportsbooks needs and sign up with our bonus code ATOZ Sports. It gives you a first bet offer uh, that you can't pass up because you get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses when you sign up with bonus code ATOZ Sports with the BetMGM app. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, subject qualifications, other requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued, knowledgeable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days. And for problem game sport, call Tennessee Redline 800. 889-9789. Time for some trivia. And Tuesday sports trivia, five questions for sports, one non-sports presented by Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process by seeing them in Lebanon or at Wilson County Hyundai.com. Sam, you are the trivia master. We are all on. Are you playing with us or do you have the answers? I have the answers. Okay, so it's um, me and the I, chat. I made the you. questions myself, found okay. them myself. So Bork says, uh, brace yourself for questions, Master Austin. It's me. So nope. we're gonna we're gonna do our best here. I, you know me. I've retired from being trivia master. It it will always either be Sam or Zach. Just you not know me with this uh, this trivia stuff too. Is yep. I am against multiple choice i i just i i don't like multiple choice sometimes i think a good trivia question gives you enough that you're right there off the top of your head and you're trying to think logically through some things so we're you know hang with me here hopefully these uh do the trick i tried to go very um it's with some current events kind okay. of stuff going on in sports I, I didn't really want to throw it all in one category so each question is a different category different okay. sport but we're trying to be you know stuff that's gone on recently so question one okay. is the college world series just wrapped up go tigers that was that was such a good just game. ask just ask the question yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> uh what team has the most college World Series appearances at 21 without winning the title. So college World Series appearances is talking about getting to Omaha, one of the last eight teams, not like the final. What This is the most tournament appearances, 21 okay. tournament appearances without winning a championship belongs to this school. So Florida State. Bork and Brad coming out of the gates, Florida State, real quick. And there is no Googling. So, no Googling, please. I swear. And Matt says the Buffalo Bills, funny answer. Uh, but I think Florida State, uh, that let's go ahead and go with that. I know Florida State's a good baseball program. Uh, it makes sense that they would be there a lot. Um, Florida, the Gators won in 2017, I, I want to say. So, let's go Florida State, final A to Z. Would you like the answers now or at the end? At uh, now. Now, Florida State. Is correct at 21. The Seminoles have made the tournament more than any other school without winning the national title. Number two qu category is going to be NBA free agency, right. uh, which, you know, is coming up here in a few days. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty straightforward. Which current NBA player is uh, on the largest contract in NBA history? We're five years worth $264 million. It's the biggest contract ever signed to present date. Who got that contract? So, the, so they're not an appending free agent. They're just under, this is they a are currently under this contract of five years and $264 million, which is the largest contract in NBA history. Who got that deal? Yeah. I feel like it's not going to be somebody that we would think deserves that. 
um, James Harden is an answer. Bradley Beal. It's, I don't think it's Steph Curry. It's, there's no way it's Ben Simmons. Is it Giannis? It has to be a Supermax, right? So the Supermax means it has to be, and I don't know if I'm right with this, at least, Sam, you can answer this question. You can only sign a Supermax contract with a team that drafted you. Is that correct? Uh, do you want me to answer that? Yes. Correct. Okay. So it's got to be Giannis or Jokic. Has Nikola Jokic been around long enough for this? Nikola you're Jokic? You're getting a lot of different answers. I know. It's not helping me at all. Giannis or Jokic? Joker or the Greek freak? I say we go... Ah, <clears throat> uh, I think it. I think it's... Let's go with... Let's go with Giannis, final A to Z. The correct answer is Nikola Jokic. Gosh. Signed a five-year, $264 million deal with the Denver Nuggets on June 30th, 2022. Not last year. Damn yes. it. All um, of his back-to-back MVPs, right? Ah. All right, one and one. Sorry. All right, let, let's one, speed let's speed this up a little this bit. This right under my right under my alley, right up my alley here. Um okay. the uh major league baseball uh all-star break coming up here in a few weeks. Shohei Otani setting the world on fire, leading baseball in home runs. I think he's got 25 or 26 of them now. Went deep against my White Sox yesterday, and he always does. But uh which player not named Barry Bonds. Not named Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds had 39 in 2001. Which other player, I'll give you a hint, post-2010, had the most home runs ever at the All-Star break with 37? It's going to be Aaron Judge. I think it's Aaron Judge. 37 home runs at the All-Star break. Post twenty ten, because Aaron Judge was on a freaking like Bryce Harper. I don't know, man. And we're gonna get a Bryce Pujols from Mister Jones. John Carlos Stanton would be a good one. I think it's Aaron Judge because when was it? How many summers ago was it that everything was interrupted for Aaron Judge? That was last summer. Was it last year? Damn, well, he, I had think. 60, he had sixty two or sixty one last summer, so that was uh, a record, AL record. I hated that, by the way. The AL record. Like, yeah, screw that. Nobody gives yeah. a damn. Um, Josh Hamilton would be a good one too, Brian. I love Josh Hamilton. T- Titans Kyle says Chris Davis in 2013. Okay. I don't know what to do here. Because there's a lot. Like You could say it's Chris Davis. You could say Josh Hamilton. You lot. could say. Yeah. I just need some, I need confident people only in the chat to say confident only Chris Davis. Do we want to go with Chris Davis? <laughs> I say we go Chris Davis, Chris Davis, screw it. Baltimore Orioles from 2013. Chris Davis, final A to Z. Uh, so the top five all time was Luis Gonzalez with the, Arizona Dimebacks in a yeah. one Reggie Jackson in 1991 hit 37. Mark McGuire hit 37. Barry Bonds hit 39. And in 2013, Baltimore Orioles first baseman, Chris Davis hit 37 home nice. runs before the all-star break. Uh, and yes, as the chat pointed out, got a very big contract that off season, which very much screwed over the Baltimore Orioles for the next decade. Yeah. Uh, they're coming out of it though. All, All right, right. So two and one question for the NBA draft, which just wrapped up last week. Victor Wembenyama is the third foreign born player to be drafted. Number one overall in the NBA draft. Name the first two. Mm. I want to say was Michael was Olawa candy. Tim Duncan. Hakeem, ooh. Hakeem Sorry, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta clarify. I'm 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 I messed something up here. Uh-oh. Uh 
because Andrew Wiggins is Canadian. Uh, he doesn't count. Uh, it, this is players, outside of North America. Pl- no players that don't did not have competitive experience in the United States. So, col- if you played college basketball, oh. you do not count. Okay, damn, that's tough. Okay, so no Hakeem, no Dikembe Mutombo. Tim Duncan played at Wake Forest for four years. Ooh, Yao Ming and Andre Bargnani. Noah says that. Draco was second. Because he was after LeBron. Darko. Darko. Sorry, I read the... uh, Draco is where I... This isn't Harry Potter. Um, Yao. Ben Simmons did play college basketball because I watched him in the SEC tournament quit on his LSU team. So... Debatable. Yao, Andre Bargnani, Dirk. Dirk didn't go number one. Um, Andre Bargnani. Andrew Bogut. Andrew Bogut played college basketball. I'm going to start counting you down. Yeah, I know. Yao Ming, Andrew Bogut, final A to Z. The correct answer is 2002, China's Yao Ming was selected first overall. And in 2006, it was Italy's Andrea Bargnani. Ah, crap. I'm sorry. Whoever got that, that's my fault. Drafted with the first overall pick. Yeah. Noah. Noah Noah had it early. Noah had it early on. So two and two. All right. uh, We are going for. Uh, non-sports here. Uh, okay. I'm loving it. Is a, I'm loving it is mm-hmm. a song by American singer-songwriter Justin Timberlake. The song, originally written as the jingle for the American fast food chain, was uh, written by Pharrell Williams and released as a single in 2003. However, the McDonald's jingle was later shifted to what it is now, your ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it, which was written by which rapper? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dr. Dre is my first guess. I like This is something that Dr. Dre produced that nobody, that's why he's like the most, that's why he's freaking loaded. Why he's the goat? <laughs> Why is the just Dre? Oh, of course he would. Um, Andre two Andre two thousand. Um, T Pain. Oh, Pusha T. We're getting a lot of Pusha T answers. Okay, I have to go with the people. Pusha Pusha T. Finally, to Z. Pusha T wrote a McDonald's now famous jingle in the early two thousands wow. while trying to make it as an up and coming rapper. That is correct. Wow, so Pusha T. He's responsible for your ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. That's interesting. I like that. That was good. You know, I like when you learn something fun that you can use uh, to just blow somebody's mind later on in a conversation that they're like, yeah, oh, who, cool. Who would have thought that? That Pusha yeah, T right? just wrote the McDonald's jingle. That's that's such a nice claim to fame. Yeah. Just, and it, just, they're like, oh, who are you? Oh, Pusha T. I, I've never heard your stuff. He's like, well, you know the ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> oh, that, that's how you make it boys and girls right write a jingle by the biggest fast food company in america in the world maybe uh i don't know that to be true but mcdonald's probably up there all right guys that'll wrap it up for this tuesday show appreciate it as always make sure you give us that like hit right there hit us with a thumbs up there's always more people watching uh than the people that have hit the like button so before we head out of here hit the like on facebook on youtube uh, we help. Uh, we like that. Uh, it'll give us a big help too. So appreciate it as always. We'll be back tomorrow on a Wednesday. Buck Rising live tonight. A to Z Sports Prime Time. See you later. Appreciate it.